Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. Okay, I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. I am so excited for this guest today. Um, we've known each other for a bit in the industry. Um, our paths have crossed infrequently honestly after what she just threw down i need to cross her path all the time liliana vasquez welcome to the podcast thank you so much for joining me taylor i am so happy to be here and thank you for reaching out you're right i actually think i like got to co-host with you one time and i was like oh wow this girl knows how to make noise and (laughs) when what went down earlier this week went down and I spoke about it and you reached out. I was like, I, I want to get loud. And this is the girl that is going to amplify and support and push. So thank you for the opportunity to be here. Of course, honey, this is where you come to blow shit up. I am the queen (laughs) of blowing all the shit up. So usually it's wonderful. Sometimes my girlfriend doesn't love it, but you know, it's usually, I use my powers for good most of the time. Um, so first things first, Hey girl, Hey, because you know, Hey girl, Hey. hey. Um, so Lilian, I have to say, you know, you are so well respected as a journalist. Of course, the work that you've done hosting today show E you have your own podcast now, by the way, guys, make sure to check it out. DNA of a maker. Yes. Where can they find DNA, it? DNA of the Maker in conjunction with Makers Women. And it's incredible. We have some of the most timely conversations about race, white fragility, privilege, what it is to be a woman trying to move forward and advance. It's, it's, it's conversations that are so real and so honest. And at the end of the day, you know, you walk away feeling like, wow, you know what I mean? Like these women are just like me. I think oftentimes we put our sheroes on this pedestal and we think that we can't achieve that same level of success. And what I learned in this podcast is that all heroes are built from the same DNA. It is the experiences and what you do with those experiences that shapes the success. And I have to say to you, like, major props. I've always respected you. I, I love your page, just even from an aesthetic standpoint. It's beautiful. Your fashion. Oh my God. You had a dress on the Today Show like two years ago. I bought it immediately off of your page. It does... <laughs> I, I just, I, I need to style it better, but you were like cute as a button in and I can't even, but like, I really have to say, you know, 
I was so blown away, so proud of you. So I saw the fight that you were fighting this week first actually on Daily Mail. Um, and then I, of course, went to your Instagram at Liliana Vesquez and I was watching your stories and I watched, you know, the IGTV that you did and you guys, it's also there. You can all still check it out. Um, but that's what we're here to talk about today. But like Liliana, I'm really proud of you for being so outspoken because this is a side to you that I actually have never really had a chance to see. And I love it. (laughs) Even love you saying the F word a couple times. Yeah, I am not one to curse. Um, I was raised by two very strong, proud, incredible women, and they don't use that kind of language. Right. And I never use that language in my house. But I said this to my mom when she called to yell at me. First, she <laughs> called, first my mother called to say, Miha, I am so proud of you, and your grandmother would be so proud of you. But don't you ever use that kind of language in a public space ever again. So, yes, I... I I was fired up and, you know, I think so many of us spend time being angry and fired up and disappointed in private because we do have this image, right? Like I am a journalist. I work for E! News. I work for NBC Universal. And when things happen that really hurt you, it's okay to talk about them. Like, I'm not talking about this to bring attention to, to this person, to Ariel Charnas. I am doing this to find a solution to a problem that exists for the Latinx community in mainstream media and clearly now even in media that is supposed to represent and reflect the Latinx community. Exactly. So for those of you who maybe are like, okay, what's going on? We'll just catch you up really quickly. So um, the September issue, and just for everybody to know, Fashion magazines, magazines, the September issue is the most important issue, whether you're Vogue or Cosmo or what have you. Hound and horse. It doesn't matter. (laughs) My favorite magazine, Horse and Hound. (laughs) It's like, I'm dressed like somebody that would be in Horse and Hound right now. And I'm so here for it. But the thing is, is that, you know, like... I, I believe it's because it's the most advertisers historically that are that are so so to be to grace the cover of the September issue of any magazine is a huge honor. So Cosmopolitan Mexico came out with um their September issue and who was on the cover? Ariel Charnas, aka something navy. Um, aka, in my opinion, um, she's the poster child for what not to do in COVID, a pandemic. And she's been, um, I don't, I don't think it was Vanity Fair, but she definitely was labeled the COVID idiot for her behavior. And I am a white privileged woman. Okay. I can admit that. But the first step in resolving an issue is admitting that you have one. And so I've been doing a lot of work on reflecting on my white privilege, how I can do better, the steps that I can take to support, you know, my fellow black and brown friends and women, you know, who are different than me and to make space and amplify melanated voices and all of the above. So when I see a fellow privileged white woman not doing the same, I get very upset. So, you know, the second I saw that she was on the cover of Cosmo Mexico, I thought, huh? And then immediately... Your the Daily Mail article about you, you know, on your Instagram stories, really calling it out, popped right up. And I was like, that is my girl. So basically, you were calling out Cosmo Mexico for having not only a non-Latinx woman person on the cover when they have so many wonderful Latina women to choose from, if they're going to be showcasing influencers. But you're also like, and well, actually, I will say this because my my opinion was, it's not even just that it's a white woman. It's it's a white woman who's not helping Latin 
businesses or Latin women or championing for them. It's also the fact that she's, quite frankly, during this time, maybe one of the most problematic examples of privileged white women we have. And so why is a magazine whose demographic is obviously Latina or Latinx men and women going to be putting that on the cover? And so that's what got you fired up as well. Absolutely. And, you know, it's Cosmo Mexico. This isn't Cosmo in the U.S. This is Cosmo Mexico. I imagine that their audience and their reader is made up predominantly of Mexican, Central, and South American women who represent a multitude of cultures. But at the end of the day, we are all unified by the fact that we are all Latinx. Now, what was also problematic about their choice was that the headline on the cover next to her photo basically said the influencer who risked it all during a pandemic to build and launch a brand. Now, I've done my homework. Like I am, if I put on my journalist hat and I'm in there, I am doing my homework. I'm very unclear on what Ariel has risked during um, COVID other than put my life at risk and your yeah. life at risk and yep. other lives at risk by choosing to flee New York City knowing that she had COVID. Right. Before, before fulfilling the 14 days of quarantine time. Absolutely. Yes. Moving her family to Southampton, exposing the residents of Southampton. And if you live in the Hamptons, you understand that the healthcare system here is not equipped to handle the kind of cases that we were seeing back in March yes. when Ariel made the decision to come to the Hamptons. Yes. Number two, I'm not sure what she has personally or financially risked because she took PPP loans. Now, if you are following this story, there are a lot of people that are taking PPP loans. And if she's taken those loans to keep her employees on staff, that's a wonderful thing because the last thing we need right now is more people losing their jobs and more women who work in fashion losing their jobs. Yes. I'm not an advocate of that at all. Right. The problem with taking a PPP loan is that you are taking government money away from other small businesses that yes. need it. And yes. you are somebody who on your Instagram constantly flaunts wealth and privilege. So yeah. if you can buy three Chanel bags during COVID, you don't need to take a PPP loan. You, on the other hand, should be giving it back and creating an opportunity to donate to other small businesses, hopefully small businesses owned and run by women of color to help them sustain themselves and not shut down during this economic crisis that we're in. So those two things right there make her a terrible choice for the cover. Right. At the end of the day, this decision falls on the head and shoulders of Mm -hmm. Cosmopolitan Mexico. As a magazine, magazine, they made a decision to give this honor to a woman who is highly problematic and scandalous and then take that opportunity away from a woman of color. They actually chose to give this to a white privileged woman, not to somebody that represents our community, not that some, not someone that has roots in our community. Or you know what? People keep asking me, oh, so like if Kate Hudson was on the cover of Cosmopolitan Mexico, would you be angry? A, don't equate Kate Hudson to Ariel Charnas, people. If we're doing that, we've got bigger problems. Number yeah. two, I would ask Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson, what have you done for the Latinx community or what are you planning to do? Is there an initiative that you're launching in the future that connects you organically to this beautiful community and country? It was a six page article 
in Cosmopolitan. And the journalist responsible for the article did not ask at any point in time during the article about Ariel's connection, love, passion, and advocacy for us as a community. Not one question in the entire article. So I'm still here left wondering, why did the staff at Cosmopolitan Mexico think that Ariel was the appropriate choice when in the magazine they had six other Latinas who uh -huh. would have been way better choices and this could have been game changing for their business and their oh, business. yes so here's the question why do we really think maybe even dabble into the world of conspiracy theories <laughs> why was she picked as the cover girl for september for cosmo mexico can i throw out my conspiracy theories uh, taylor bring it girl she has been in crisis management mode ever since the covid idiot thing that happened where she left so not only did she cut the line to get tests when testing was very limited, right, by a concierge doctor in New York City, but then, so she got criticized for that. You know, she's always been kind of criticized for her um, unattainable privilege, just like representation in general. But cutting the line for the COVID test when people who really needed it and couldn't get access to it, that was like big major mistake. Then she leaves documenting it all the while and flees to the Hamptons, like you said, where they didn't have appropriate um, medical personnel to handle it, like an outbreak in a place like that, when she had not properly quarantined after admitting that she had tested positive for COVID. Correct. So huge issue there. So ever since then, she's been in crisis management mode. And um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say she probably has a crisis management team, PR team. She's probably always worked with the PR team anyway. But now a crisis management one. Like, think like um, Scandal on ABC. Like, think <laughs> Olivia me, Pope. Okay, I'm, I'm channeling Olivia Pope now. Okay. <laughs> but I think that, you know, basically, and tell me if I'm wrong, crisis management is kind of like PR on crack in a good way, right? Where they like really amp up yes. improving your image and getting, and a part of improving your image is getting your image out there with positive stories. Absolutely. And I think a good crisis PR manager, a hundred percent needed to be called in here. I think that she's backed by investors. There's a lot of money invested into something Navy. Right. I, I imagine that they put together an amazing team. My question is, how did this team think that them accepting this opportunity, because this opportunity was presented to Ariel and the Something Navy team. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. How my theory they... my theory was that they had some deep contacts at mm -hmm. Cosmopolitan Mexico, and then that's how that kind of got situated. It was almost like a favor for the crisis management team, if you will. Interesting. Got it. Again, conspiracy <laughs> theories, allegations from my brain. Yes. opinions from nowhere yeah no no and and that could very well be one of the reasons i personally have reached out to cosmopolitan mexico um on three separate occasions now i've reached out to televisa who is the publisher of the magazine i've reached out to the editor-in-chief and i've reached out to the publicity director asking questions as to why this choice was made when this interview took place and what their message is to the latinx community because the message that they're sending us with that cover is that we are not enough and right. I am sick and tired of not feeling like enough. I've worked in this industry for 10 years, 10 very long, very difficult years. And after seeing such little change in the industry, this to me was, it, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And everybody yes. has one of these moments. And I'm going to look back on this and remember. And we are on the verge of Hispanic Heritage Month. It is two weeks away. So not only does this cover align with the biggest fashion month of the year for the fashion industry it is also one of the most important months for latinos across the globe 
not just in Mexico, not just in the US, like everybody that is connected to this celebrates it. And that is who we're gonna champion. You couldn't pick one other Latina. And by the way, Cosmo Mexico, I went way deep in your feed. Yep. Their behavior has been problematic for a long time. They Interesting. Do not, they don't feature indigenous women of color. They don't feature Afro-Latinas. They have one version of what they think represents Mexican women in media and in a magazine. I flipped through all hundred and something pages of the digital issue. Sure, they had a couple of people in there that were diverse. If Michael B. Jordan counts, okay. Uh, right. But Michael B. Jordan, it was a story about him and his acting. It wasn't a story to like Harold uh, an Afro-Latina or somebody who's Black and Mexican, Black and Colombian in the, in the pages. So I think Cosmopolitan, this to me just shows that you have a bigger problem. You don't represent the diversity and the beauty that is the Latinx community. We come in all shades. And let me acknowledge the privilege that I have as a light-skinned Latina woman, okay? Mm -hmm. I am half Mexican and half Puerto Rican. I am probably the lightest, and I've talked about this before very publicly. I am the lightest of most of my cousins, aunts, and uncles. I am not stupid, and I understand that there are opportunities that are afforded and awarded to me because I pass, right? right. When you look at me, you're like, oh, I don't know. She's just like, I don't know, like some white girl. You know, you don't know until you see my name, and then you're like, oh, she's got twosies in there? She's Latina. <laughs> um, but visually, I could blend in with anything. I, 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 could, I could be white, I could be German, I could be Israeli, I mean, I could be Colombian, you never know. And so as a privileged, light-skinned Latina, I know how badly my friends and my family who are darker-skinned suffer with discrimination right. and suffer at the hands of racism. And it's not right. And we as Latinos have so much work to do on how we view other people that are different than us, like how we view the black community, how we view darker Latinos, it, it is a, it, it's horrible what I have Colorism, seen colorism is a really, really big problem that really I, I think we've just started talking about outwardly, yeah, right? because you know what, it's uncomfortable and you really have to be okay with taking a look at your behavior and not just your behavior, but the behavior that you let happen around you, right? Like if you're letting people say things that are racist or comment on somebody in that way, well, what does that say about you? And that's why this is so important. It, it's right. important because you got to check yourself, but you also have to be willing to take a risk and speak out. And that's what I keep getting in my DMs is thank you for speaking out because people don't take that risk and Latinos don't take that risk. And you know why? It's because we have so few opportunities in media, in entertainment, in news that for me to speak out, honestly, it felt risky and it felt dangerous. but. I don't care anymore because it's worth it. Because otherwise, why do I have this platform? Why do I have this voice if I'm just going to sit here and indulge myself in my job and in you know the, the following that I have and in the eyes that I get? What's the fucking point? Sorry, mom. <laughs> I made her do it. It's me. I'm a bad influence. I'm the F word queen. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not, yes. if sacrifice is about risk, right? Yes, it's, it what is. are you doing for somebody else? Like if you're not taking risks on behalf of communities of color and people of color, yep. then you're not contributing to the solution, plain and simple. There is no argument to be had there. 
Lilian, take me through the day when you saw the cover, the range of emotions, and how, like, did you discuss with your husband? Are, am I going to talk about this? Did you, like, I, I want the, the day in the life of before you decided to go on your Instagram, drop two F-bombs, and blow shit up, and, like, I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. And you do have such an amazing platform, and you are such an amazing spokesperson for Latina women, for the entire community. And also now here, you're speaking to, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I have a predominantly white audience. Yeah. They're getting exposed to a conversation they've never been a part of before, and that's important. And also, I just want to put a pin in this and say, you guys, it's very important that we all get very comfortable being uncomfortable right now. That's the most important thing because this is where we are headed in all the conversations. Black Lives Matter, this conversation, all of it. Okay, so, but but I also want us to be able to empathize with, how, like, yes, you're very brave and you're saying, hey, I have a platform, I have to do it. But, like, really, what did it feel like? <laughs> what, when did you pull the trigger? How did that feel? What yeah. were your oh shit moments? Uh, you know, I had had a difficult conversation earlier that morning. I was pitching stories for Hispanic Heritage Month. And it's something that I have been pushing for and been very excited about. And I didn't love the feedback and the attitude that was given to me on a call that morning. So and let me add, just ask, uh, just for clarification, it was this week. So what day, yeah. can you say what day? Um, yeah, this all happened on Monday. Is this Monday? Yeah, I think so. Monday. Okay. Yep. So, so Monday I, w I was actively pitching Hispanic heritage stories. Um, and I was trying to create a plan for what was going to happen during that time, which is September 15th through October 15th. It's right around the corner. Um, I didn't love the response that I got. I feel like when somebody, um, who represents a community of color is coming to ask you for help in amplifying those voices, you should not question how you're going to do it. You should question how you can be of service to do it. Yes. And that's not what I got. And that in itself was upsetting me. And I was emotional about it. And I was emotional because I felt like if I can't get this done, who can, right? That's how I was feeling. If I, if I can't get this done, who's going to do it? Right. And so I was sad and upset about it. And I spoke to my husband and he said, you know, you handled yourself so well on that call. I'm so proud of you. And I said, I know, but like, I'm just sad, babe. I, I feel so sad. And I'm just starting to get really angry. And I don't anger quickly. I mean, I'm not that kind of person, you know? And then I got a DM from my good friend. Her name is Shirley, and she is the founder of House of Curls. She um, has this curly hair, and she is amazing. She's Dominican, and she is just really trying to shine a light on the fact that women of color that are Afro-Latina, that have curly hair in our communities, don't get the same attention, and it's true. Right. So she sent me a photo of the cover, and I literally looked at my phone, and then I put my phone down. And I said, oh, y'all, is this like the Vogue challenge? Like, <laughs> put Ariel on the cover of Cosmo Mexico as like a joke because she's been flaunting her white privilege and this is like funny. Right. And then I looked back at my phone and I went, oh, Jesus, this is, this is real. This is real. And so I texted Shirley back and I said, how did something like this happen? And she wrote back, I don't know. I'm so hurt. Oh. And I said, why is this hurtful? And she said, because like so many other Latinx influencers, I am out here grinding every day, building from scratch. I call it building de nada, right? No connections, no familial wealth, no investment. These are women that are out there busting their ass every day to build, okay? She goes, and what that cover said to me was that there's no space for me. And I thought, Jesus Christ. 
And then I lost it. And then I picked up my phone and I expressed my exhaustion. And I said, I am tired. And I speak for the Latinx community of journalists that I speak to on a regular basis. We are exhausted. We are so tired of being invisible because that is what we are. We represent one in five in America. One in five people is of Latinx background. One in five, okay? Yet, none of us are nominated for an Emmy. Don't even get me started on that. Right. Our shows are the first to get canceled by network television because they think our stories aren't worth it or don't matter or they don't want to invest in the stories. So I said, that's it. So I, I went on a little bit of what I'm going to rightfully call a rant. And then I put my phone down and I thought, you know what? I probably shouldn't have posted that. But like you said, it is time to feel uncomfortable and yep. there's never been a better time to be honest. And what people were going to hear from me was real. That wasn't some like fake shit that I do when I'm hosting a show or when I'm out promoting a podcast. That is how I feel inside about the invisibility of my community in mainstream media. And y'all need to know it. All of you, all of you that follow me, all the producers that book me on the shows, yep. my, my, all the people that employ me, all the people that are at brands that want me to, you know, sponsor this and do that. You guys need to know that this is how I feel. So when you come to me next time, why don't you come with a solution? Why don't you come with empathy and address the fact that we are the most underrepresented in mainstream media right now? And that was it. And listen, was I, was I scared? Yeah, of course I was scared. I didn't know if somebody was going to ask me to take it down. Um, right. I know that Ariel is polarizing. I know yes. that, you know, Cosmo Mexico is part of Televisa, which is a massive media conglomerate in Mexico. Um, I was terrified, but I got over that really quickly because- and how did you get over that? How did you stay like firm in your truth? Because I talk out a lot and then I immediately get scared. And sometimes I'm a total puss about it and I take it down and I hate myself when I do that. So how did you stand firm in your truth? Because I read the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of DMs that came pouring in from people that represent my community, from people that look like you, from people yep. that look like my husband, from people that I had gone to middle school and high school with that all said, I am so proud of you. And thank you for saying what has not been said. This conversation is long overdue. And for someone like you to say it, can you imagine how the rest of us feel? Yeah. And when I started to see that, I thought, I don't care how big the risk it needed, it needed to be said. But I will tell you this, I am somebody that is always looking for an opportunity to build a bridge and foster solutions. Yes. Okay. But as soon as that happened, I read the messages and I thought, all right, what can I add to this conversation? And how do I bring value to this conversation? Right? Because going on a rant is just going on a rant, you know, like right. it's like throwing a tantrum. Okay. But what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the energy of everybody in my DMs? What are you going to do with the skill set that you as a journalist say you have? What are you going to do? And that's when I decided to host an Instagram live at eight o'clock on Monday that allowed me to speak to those voices that had felt silenced and underrepresented for so long. So that night I booked an Instagram live with Shirley, the influencer who originally sent me that article because mm -hmm. I wanted other influencers to understand how she felt because they probably felt that way. And if right. they could see themselves in her, then they could understand that they were right to be angry. Right. I also wanted to speak with Erica, who's the founder of Latina Made, M-A-D-E, not Made, M-A-I-D. 
Mm -hmm. um, she's one of my favorite accounts to follow as a Latina and as anyone who's looking for inspiration on Instagram, they are constantly fighting and creating ways to change the narrative and stereotype, the single yes. narrative that exists for Latinos in the U.S. And I said, I need to get her on this because this is a fight that she's been fighting for years. And then I also wanted to get Sophie Ross on this as well. And the reason I wanted Sophie Ross, and people have said that that was a really bad decision, that I shouldn't have put Sophie Ross on that, and that I had them until Sophie Ross came on. Why? The reason they're saying that is because they feel like Sophie Ross has made it her mission to take down Ariel Charnas. I feel like Sophie Ross has made it her mission to hold influencers like Ariel Charnas accountable for their actions. And exactly. there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Sophie Ross isn't digging up stories and telling lies about Ariel Charnas. Ariel, she's putting a spotlight on her actions. That's it. And the reason I wanted to include Sophie was because a lot of my Latino followers didn't even know who Ariel Charnas was. Exactly. And they were saying, I get that you're angry that this honor didn't go to a Latina, but who's this girl? And right. so I thought if people don't know who she is, I think that Sophie Ross can shine a light on who Ariel, who Ariel really is, who right. she really is and who she's really shown herself to be, not just during a pandemic, but pre-pandemic when yes. she was not showing size inclusivity. She was not showing diversity in her models. She doesn't offer opportunities for Latinx members to, of, of her workforce. So mm -hmm. that's why I had Sophie Ross. And by the way, I was very clear with Sophie that this conversation is about the bigger issue. She was to shine a light on who Ariel was, but the goal, we spoke, you know, the Instagram live was an hour. Sophie was like the back end of that. Yes, and yes. If you actually watch the full hour, you will realize that that conversation was centered around the invisibility of Latinos in media and amongst our own. That yes. conversation was not centered around an individual or a controversy around that individual. And the entire conversation is not about bashing Ariel Charnas. It's she is it's it's it, it's a problem that she was on the cover of the magazine because she so misrepresents what the magazine is supposed to be yeah. about and who the targeted audience is for. And let me ask you this. So how has the backlash been? Because, you know, Ariel does have um, an army of, of fans, of stands, if you will. Yeah. And I know that you posted a couple things on your story. I mean, well, because some of, some of the comebacks have just been literally like you couldn't write funnier stuff. So I had to share those. I mean, somebody told me that how dare I wear Hermes sandals, but Ariel can't buy a Chanel bag. I'm like, you're missing the point. There's so much more there. <laughs> I'm yeah. a little confused by you, but it was funny, so I posted it. Um, honestly, what's really been amazing is that there's been very little backlash, which I'm I think, so happy to hear that. Which goes to show you that most people out there see the wrong in this cover choice by Cosmo yes. Mexico. Uh, yes. It was wrong. It was a bad decision. Cosmo has yet to reach out to me. They issued a bullshit response in the in their comments that they buried today, basically saying. Thank you for the feedback. We hear you. We're so grateful that you guys are starting a dialogue about this. No accountability. And excuse me, was where was the apology? Where where was that? 
Nothing. It wasn't there. Because, again, you've been, like, really well documenting this whole thing on your mm-hmm. IG story, all over your Instagram. Yeah. And I highly encourage, if you guys don't follow Liliana, follow her at Liliana Vesquez. And it's all there. And you can actually watch what she did on IGTV. And, like, everything. It's completely accessible. And it really, I mean, in addition to this conversation we're having, it goes even deeper. And it's really important for everybody, regardless of your background, to expose yourself to this specific situation. Because it's really... Liliana, it's so important, and I'm so happy that you've kind of nominated yourself as a spokesperson for it. I know you didn't actually mean to, but girl, the crown be heavy, and you are wearing her, and I'm proud of you, really proud of you. So much, you know, and and to the women that are listening to this, that, you know, whether I'm new to them or even, you know, having this awareness around this invisibility that exists in the Latinx community, you know, I know a lot of times people are saying, well, what can I do? How can I help? Right. Yeah. What what, here's, here's something that's super easy. You know, if you are in the influencer world or you are in the brand space or you are in media, you know, when an opportunity comes to you, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take it. I'm, but you should ask yourself, why am I taking this? Okay. Number one, why am I accepting this opportunity? Number Mm -hmm. two, is this opportunity creating invisibility for somebody else? So am I taking something from somebody who deserves this opportunity more because they don't have the same privilege that I have, right? That's really important to ask yourself. And number three, maybe in that ask, you can say back to the opportunity, so-and-so, I am so grateful for this opportunity and I accept. Could you also pass on this opportunity or the next to a woman of color? whether that's to speak on a panel, to be featured on a brand's Instagram stories, always be thinking of ways to continue to bridge for your sisters of color, right? Yes. How can you take your privilege and your opportunities and make those a privilege and an opportunity for somebody else that has less? And you know what? I'm very much of the frame of mind that there's enough to go around the table. And there's some people in this business that think it's one meal and that's it. And then there's people like us, Liliana, that realize there's there's a plethora, a cornucopia, if you will. So like share and spread. I mean, just the other day, I made a call to my agent because there's this phenomenally talented girl. Her name is Andrea Lopez. You can follow her at Andrea Lopez Comedy. Right? I love Andrea. She she guest co-hosted Pop of the Morning when we were on the Uh, air. And she's hilarious. Hilarious. Gorgeous and kind. Yep. Wonderful. And so I call, so, you know, I said to my agent, I think you need to look into this girl. She's wildly talented. And I'm honestly, I'm passing along a gift to you. You are welcome. And so, you know, and my agent is looking into it, which is fantastic. But like even small things like that, that's massive, you know? And these are the things that we need to be thinking about and doing. You know, I have to say like quickly before I let you go, Liliana, because I know you're very, very busy. (laughs) Um, Like slammed right now. Um, I always have time for you, Taylor. Thank you, sweetie. Ariel, I know, blocked you. Um, I've been, by the way, I just really quickly, can I add to that? So, um, there's been a bit of, a bit of confusion from some of my followers. Ariel Charnas is private on Instagram. She went private during the COVID scandal. So if you try to follow her, it's going to be private. You have to request that. I have been following Ariel for a few years. So I had always been able to see her story. So I knew that I was blocked because I could no longer see her stories. So I just want to be very clear about that because people were like, well, she's private. You probably never followed her. No, I followed her. I was able to see her stories that morning because I was actually checking to see if she had shared this incredible opportunity that she was given by Cosmo Mexico. 
and she had not shared it. She has yet to share it, something Navy has not shared this. So if you're so proud to be on the cover and you are accepting the honor to be on the September issue of Cosmopolitan Mexico, why didn't you share it? I'm shooketh. She's not even promoting it. She has yet to share it. Her husband, I believe I was told, shared it, but she personally, to her one point, however many million followers, has not shared her cover. So if you thought you were deserving of the opportunity, you should also be sharing that. But she's not going to. This is something I've been talking about in regard to Ariel for like ever since, you know, the COVID scandal started happening. I really, I implore you, girl, if you're listening to this or if somebody that works with you is like, you can work, like you can grow and evolve and you can say, you know what? I have been blinded by my privilege for so long. I finally see and be a part of the solution. Don't just continue to block and like, you know, and just like put horse blinders on to anything that doesn't fit the narrative of the life that you want to project. Like, Please be better, do better. It's a message for all of us right now. And Absolutely. she could really, I mean, she could really turn this around not just for herself, but for her followers, people that look up to her. Um, I really I think about her followers. You're talking about incredibly privileged, wealthy white women that I'm assuming want to do the right thing and be socially responsible. If you could activate the wealth oh. amongst her followers to make a difference in communities of color, I mean, that is power. Money is power. But that's not what she's doing. She's choosing to live in her own private silo because she doesn't want to listen to feedback. And she as an individual, I think, is showing us that she's not really into being challenged and she doesn't want to grow and get better. And that's a problem in 2020. That's a problem for me. Well, that's a problem. You're the solution. And Liliana, thank you so much for joining me. Again, I know you're so busy. I literally would keep you on here for three hours if I could. Um, I'll do a three-hour special. You are doing the work, girl. I mean, I am just, I i have nothing but, I, I, I'm in awe of what uh-huh. you've done. And I mean, literally, this has been like going on for, by the time this airs, 72 hours. Yeah, it's crazy. And I have to say, I have to give a huge shout out to the incredible writers in mainstream media that have published this story. So that is Daily Front Row. Went mm-hmm. after this yesterday. They sent me five questions to answer. Some difficult, and I answered them. Um, obviously daily mail was all over this from the beginning and today women's wear daily ran with this story and for anybody that's in the fashion and beauty industry you understand the power of women's wear daily you understand the level of reader that they have so I just want to say thank you um, to the writers and those magazines for creating a space for latinx stories in mainstream media this is just the beginning and this is exactly what we need more of and Liliana, is there anything else that we as individuals, as allies can do to help? Anything yeah. else that we can do? A hundred percent. If you guys have the time and you're on Instagram, go to Cosmopolitan Mexico's Instagram page and not only ask them why they thought that that was the right choice, but what we are now asking and what I have kind of rallied the Latinx community to say is we want them to replace the digital cover of the yeah. magazine with a woman that is representative of our community and a woman who is constantly an advocate for our community. There are six women in that issue that they have artwork for already. They can easily swap the digital cover of Cosmopolitan September issue like that. 
And that is what we are asking for. So demand that on our behalf. And I can't tell you how important it is that we all unify around this. This is not a Latinx issue. This is a women's issue. So mm-hmm. I appreciate the support. And if you guys would do that for me, I would be oh so grateful and mil mil gracias. Oh, and I'll welcome you to the Latino gang because we yes. are an inclusive bunch. If you saw JLo at the Super Bowl, you know the Latinos know how to throw down. And I know y'all <laughs> want to be a part of this gang. <laughs> I do. I saw, I was going to say on your Instagram story, it said, welcome to the Latino gang. And I was like, I, yes, thank yes. you. Welcome I to think. the Latino gang, Taylor Strucker. I love it. Liliana, thank you so much, my love. Uh, go keep spreading this important word. And thank you so much for giving us time here on Taste of Taylor. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You guys, that is it for us today. We'll be back next week with another fantastic, fantastic podcast. In the meantime, bye, girl, bye. Bye.